Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley Show, and thanks for joining us today. Today I have Chris Inda uh, as a guest. He's running for a school board locally here in Rapids. Say welcome, Chris, and why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself, and we'll get started. Yeah, thanks, uh, Shirley, for uh, having me on again. Appreciate the, uh, the invite. Yeah, so running for school board, Wisconsin Rapids, local business uh, person here in the area. I have my wife and two wonderful children who are both in the school district. I've been in the area here for about 12 years, I think. You know, decided to start running for, uh, you know, get involved, get running for school board. Really, uh, you know, COVID was, the, I guess, the uh, impetus for a lot of it. After I started looking into, you know, more what's, I guess, going on, wanting to be involved for my kids' sake. There's just a, a lot of room for improvement, and I want to be part of that uh, solution and, you know, be a voice of reason, if you will, our students, our community. Well, that's great. And that's the best reason to do it. I mean, you have two kids that are in the district that you want to pay attention to. I think it's a wonderful thing. I I obviously served on school board. I understand what that passion is. And I also understand what goes into it. And I understand that uh, it's the world has changed since I was on school board. I could see how COVID would bring people into it. And that's been a while. I appreciate the fact that you stood up to run because it's never easy. That's a definite certain. We all know that it's not easy. And the election is April 2nd this year. So April 2nd. And if you want to get your uh, absentee ballot because you're going to be out of town because we know a lot of people that do that, uh, make sure you go to myvote.wi.gov and you can uh, apply for your absentee ballot application and they can get you the absentee ballot mailed right to you. And you can vote and make sure that you do that. I don't know when early voting starts. It will tell you on myvote.wi.gov. It is early for that. You can also use that site to uh, check your polling polling places um, and see what's on the ballot and who you want to vote for as well. There you go. Well, we're asking you today to vote for Chris and only Chris and the other thing about voting for school board, a lot of times they'll say, you know, you you can check three boxes, you can check three people. And there's, I think right now, is there five people running? There's three positions open. So they'll say, you know, you can vote for three. My advice to anyone out there listening, please vote for one and choose Chris Inda. That's the way that you do it. And I know I've had to explain this many times to people, but if you have 10 people voting, just 10 people voting, and if Chris Inda asks for every one of those votes, he's going to get those 10 people. If he doesn't ask for that, if they split it three ways, then somebody can get three, 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 and that last one would be the one that gets over the top. You need to make sure that you vote one person, the person you want on the school board. Check one box, Chris Inda. And we would appreciate that greatly. All right. Well, Chris and I are going to get started here. One thing I will say about Chris is that I know that he goes to the school board meetings and he's been doing that for years. And that right there in itself is sufferable. No offense. (laughs) but It it can be an experience. Yeah. (laughs) It can be. And sometimes the school board meetings can be very boring. The problem with that is that most of the information is given during the committee meetings, which is done before the school board meetings. Right. You get to a school board meeting and they already pretty much know what's going to happen at that school board meeting. You can look at the agenda and you can tell that what they're going to vote on and all. One thing that I've noticed here is that they're kind of in lockstep. I have seen, um, and Chris has pointed this out, that there has been a couple recent votes that someone has voted no on, but everyone else has gone along with it. And we're going to talk about a couple of those. So why don't we start with one of those, Chris, that I know you were concerned about playgrounds. And I found this very fascinating. So listen up, people, because this is taxpayer dollar money. And some of it they say is free, but never free. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. At the uh, most recent school board meeting that was held on uh, February 12th, there was a uh, action or discussion and possible action uh, to improve an amendment to a legacy foundation uh, Central Wisconsin grant agreement. The 
school district was looking to update and upgrade all of the playground equipment at all the sites at all the schools uh, that have not already been done so in the last few years, you know, put in all new equipment. And at the school board meeting, it was uh, announced that there was an error done in the original proposal for the, uh, you know, the equipment to be installed. And, and so the school district had to go back to the Legacy Foundation, which had originally approved a grant, 750000 expectation that the school district would put in uh, over 556000 toward the project. Going back now to the Legacy Foundation, after f- realizing they made an error in the budget in the proposal, the uh, Legacy Foundation will contribute an additional 750000 towards the project, again, under the expectation that the school district will also uh, commit an additional 500, over 556000 towards the project. So, you know, we're, we're over $3 million now in this project all in. Plus, I think the uh, City of Rapids is is helping the, you know, some, some of the funding as well. But, you know, so I'm, I'm you know, looking at this, Cheryl, and, and thinking that a budget would have been done, first of all, years ago, uh, based on the, you know, age of the equipment and when, you know, life expectancy would be. So I'm thinking, is that budget? What happened to that? Why are we updating maybe sooner than was originally proposed? You know, there was obviously, they you mentioned right during the meeting, an error in the current book proposal, current budget for the the new updates that they had to go back and ask for additional funds. Really what I guess the last point that gets me on this is, uh, you know, I get that there's older equipment. Some of it's not ADA compliant, but I, I think there's other methods and means to maybe achieve some of this if all the equipment is failing or is beyond its useful life. I, I know there's plenty of opportunities out there. I've seen other communities be able to uh, purchase slightly used equipment at a much lower cost uh, that would still get you compliant, that would update some older equipment. If how much of the equipment in the, the playground equipment is truly outdated and needs to be updated, or are we doing this because we have this money? What could we be using it better towards, first of all? Well, what gets me is real quick, there, you know, Fund 46 is basically for long-term capital improvement. Right. And you have to have a plan that's been in effect for like a minimum of 10 years something like that. Why in the world wouldn't they have had these capital, you know, have this improvement plan down through like buildings and grounds and have what is their five-year plan? What is their 10-year plan? And maybe we need to look into that a little bit and find out. But this is one of those things that is very frustrating and that's a lot of money. And so what's interesting too on that Fund 46, the money that's been put in there has been funded through any surplus that the school district has had in their budget. I'd like to know as well, um, okay, so if we have a surplus, where where did that money come from? Where was it originally supposed to be? You know, where was it intended to go? Why did it not go there? We have literacy, you know, issues, uh, you know, just academic issues across the board. And could we be funding that money or funding those programs more uh, instead of putting this money in this Fund 46 uh, account? and now using it on playground equipment. Well, an interesting thing is that it's supposed to be used for like capital maintenance projects. So large ones, it'll help pay for it. So let's say, for instance, now we use all this money because they have it. All of a sudden you need a roof replacement in one of the schools or a boiler replacement or whatever. Exactly. And then, right, exactly. Which is what they should have a plan for all of this. Where do they, where does Legacy Foundation get their money? Uh, So Legacy Foundation... 
I uh, have to do a little more research on it, uh, to be honest, Cheryl. But it's a, okay. So now I'm. I just googled it because, of course, you know, I'm just nosy. Foundation of Central Wisconsin is a private foundation that funds boys and girls clubs of Wisconsin Rapids. It made 15 grants last year. There's a, a lot of money there. I don't know exactly they, where the somebody knows how to write grants. Financial for Legacy Foundation. People need to check into these things and find out. Absolutely. So it's very interesting, and I hadn't known anything about it until you mentioned to me, and I looked on the the school board um, agenda. So I didn't even know anything about this. So this is something I will be looking into just to find out what the heck, what that's over a million and a half they're going to be giving, right? Yeah, just from the school district. Yeah. So that's our taxpayer money. You just wonder where this is coming from. And then, like I said, what happens if they do need some kind of um, something really serious done? You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, well, that's good to to know. And I think people should be contacting their school board members. I always say that. Contact your school board member and ask them about it because everyone voted yes except for one person on Correct. the board. Yes. So it did pass. So they are accepting the money Correct. and they are going to redo these uh, playgrounds. And I know that one school recently... I've had a new playground done. Grove and Woodside have in the Woodside is the more recent one. And Grove did two years back. Yeah. Interesting. You so know yeah. what's interesting is, you know, I take my I mentioned I've got a couple of kids, eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Take them around. We we go to different playgrounds. We've been to the new ones at Woodside over at uh, Grove and we've been out to ones, you know, at, at Grant and, uh, you know, wherever else. And, and none of, neither of my kids complain at, at any of them, whether they're older or newer equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the same, uh, you know, fun time enjoyment, you know, to them, it's, it's not an issue of it being older or something that should be new. So right. I don't know, I, as far as, you know, kid standpoint goes, I don't think there's a demand for it uh, there either. No. And I'm sure there's not parents contacting the school saying, oh my gosh, these playgrounds are terrible. We need to redo them. I'm sure that this is, we have money. I mean, I haven't looked it up lately, but I know for a fact there was still a lot of COVID money in this district. And if they don't use it by January or um, September of 2024, it's going to be gone. Who knows? And maybe they put some of that money into that 46, Fund 46. I haven't done a lot of research on that. Absolutely. Uh, as parents and citizens, taxpaying citizens, I think I've said this story before. Unfortunately, this is the third place I've lived in Wisconsin, a smaller property land, smaller home than any place I've lived. And I pay far more taxes here. Most of it goes to the school. That's what got me involved here was paying attention to that and seeing what my tax rate was. And then when I moved here, it was during the time that they passed a referendum for like $49 million and kids weren't even in school. It right. blew my mind. And, you know, then I then I find out that some of it was for like turf on a football field. And what? Yeah. What is going on? And then when you look at the scores, the test scores, and, and I'm not saying anything. There's not a thing against teachers. I'm not against any teacher. I never have been. I've always supported teachers. I have teachers in my family. No, but if the teachers need more support, they need... Uh, you know, yes more staff or more programs or, you know, if our focus is on the academics and the curriculum and making sure our children are set up to succeed, we're only going to benefit, uh, you know, everybody there. Absolutely. A place where a destination uh, yeah. school that parents will bring their kids because we have such a high quality uh, academic uh, program here. Right. And if it means that maybe the playground equipment doesn't get updated as soon, we've we've got outstanding performance in schools. Uh, you know, I think I can live with that. Yeah, I think I can too, as a parent and as a uh, yeah, and as a community involved person who wants to see that happen. I would like to see that happen, and that brings us to maybe the next subject we could bring up that we just um, found out. The superintendent here on the twenty seventh of February resigned. He put in his resignation. He will be leaving the district. He's been here since two thousand seventeen, and honestly, if you look at the record 
records from 2017 to now, he should be resigning. And that's my personal opinion. Chris has nothing to do with saying that. That is Cheryl saying it. Uh, good riddance, Mr. Broren. And thank you for your service. And we're okay. Chris and I were talking a little bit uh, before we started talking on here. And I'm going to let him address this. One of the concerns now is there's a lot of schools, a lot of districts looking for superintendents right now. And there's a reason for that. I really don't know. I mean, it's very confusing because I think our educational system is just in a mess right now. And I've heard that from more than one person. I've heard it from hundreds of people. And I hear it on other radio. I hear it on radio shows. We just talked about that. We talked about some of that on radio shows. We hear it from parents. We hear it. I mean, I hear it from parents. We have a Facebook page too, a group, and we get parents contacting us all the time about issues issues that are going on in the district. And it's kind of scary, but nobody wants to speak out because they're very frightened and afraid. And now maybe by moving the superintendent along, we'll find somebody that the staff and everyone will have confidence in being able to speak out. And I think that's really a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think part of this uh, might be a trickle down effect. Yeah. You know, obviously uh, current superintendents leaving and taking another position further up north. Uh, You know, so when that superintendent up there is resigning, uh, obviously that sets in motion then ours has uh, you know our current superintendent took that job which means that there's going to be somebody else somewhere that's going to take our job so I, I think part of it is just the natural movement obviously there's more than one reason for all this all this change all this movement going on we always look at too just a bigger picture the pendulum always swings one way or the other and and that's always part of it too so there's just going to be a natural change occurring people uh, want something different they want to go uh, move on and then there are obviously other reasons too if there's there's issues at play so you know i don't know that there's one main reason that all these positions are opening up do you think it's just part of the natural course that you're going to have so many x amount of openings every year though or every few years on these but yeah it makes i mean it's it, kind of an exciting time to uh, be able to uh, step in, get elected in and be a part of that process to uh, help uh, select the next superintendent. We want to be able to find somebody that's going to do the best for our children, right? And the best for our, our teachers, our staff, everybody here. That's yeah. exactly what you would wish for and hope for is is that. But you did say something about, you know, we know that Wausau has opening. I think Mosini places around us too are going to be looking. So what kind of we have some competition? Yeah. And candidates are you going to get based on that? And if they are bouncing around, there's a reason for that. I mean, honestly, the superintendent we had here was the fifth highest paid superintendent in the state. So right. now what are we going to do? Is it, are we going to have the fourth highest paid now? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you, I don't know if that's how the market uh, dictates uh, the, you know, superintendents pay or not. I think it needs to be just based off of qualifications, but based off each candidate, I guess what the, what the needs for the district are and, and what we can get. Right. And I did see that the uh, school board is going to the community involvement for some community involvement. So I encourage people to hopefully step up for that that too. I'm going to try because it doesn't hurt to try. I know that I might have had some conflict with the superintendent that had been here or that is still here until the end of this year. I, well, no, until the end of the school year. I think he's, yeah, I think he starts his new job at July 1st. I wish him well. I really do. I have to say that I am very glad that he is moving along and maybe that's what we needed and maybe that will change the atmosphere and it can really make a big difference. I know that sounds crazy, but people that have worked at other companies that have had things like that happen will, will 
will agree with that. Well, Sometimes at the top. Yeah, exactly. And we've talked about that many different times. So I just wanted to address that, that he will be leaving. Times that's a good thing. So we'll see what happens. And hopefully we can get someone really well here that's uh, suited for this area. That's kind of what we need. We need somebody that's going to fit into Wisconsin Rapids School District. The student declinement has happened. Enrollment has just gone down, declining over the years. Maybe we need to work on focusing on what's right in our school district, that we get someone in here that fits that profile that will help increase. And like you said, increasing the educational system and it will, yeah, make a and difference. You, you mentioned something briefly or quickly there, Cheryl, that, uh, you know, enrollment's going down. I know there's a narrative out there. People like to think that uh, people aren't moving to the area. And if I can just address that quickly, um, I mentioned earlier that, you know, as a local business person here, I'm, a, I'm actually a, a local realtor. And so I've been doing that for the last seven years. And I can tell you certainly that the, you know, being the case here that people are leaving the area. Um, in fact, we, year over year, we keep selling more homes than the previous year. You know, we're certainly gaining more individuals in our area. Some of that's due to being able to work remotely now and, and change, you know, type of job experiences. So people are, are traveling to different areas. And and so we, we have certainly seen a lot more homes sold uh, than we've seen in the past, you know, several years. So I think people are moving to the area, but they're being smarter about uh, more informed and different decisions about where they want to send their children for education. Yeah, I think so too. It's a very interesting time for sure. We have a lot of different choices now as a parent too. And many parents have chosen to um, virtual school online or something else or going to a Christian or you know, some other type of school, which is here. We have got some options here. Yep. There's a lot of different choices and and we have seen that happen lately over the last, uh, well, I know for a fact over the last almost four years, three or four years, we've witnessed it a lot. I've gone down in student enrollment from like 5,114 students down to 4,600. That's quite a drop in four years. I just hope that we can um, do something that's going to change the atmosphere and make it a little bit better and maybe calm it down a little bit without feeling that uncomfortableness. And you should be able to dig into it and ask questions and have discussion. I think that's really important. And I haven't witnessed much of that over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. I I like to kind of point back, you know, to be the voice of reason, to be somebody, you know, common sense type of deal. Let's, let's, let's talk about a matter. Let's talk about all sides of an issue. We have a, and as you mentioned, I've been going to the school board meetings for so two, three years now, for sure. And a lot of the times, a lot of these new business or uh, actionable items that come up at school board meetings are unanimously approved with little to no discussion. Correct. Uh, there's just very little uh, input on, on any side of a matter. So we, we just need to be a little more open-minded. We need to be talking about issues, I think, more in depth uh, and, and what effect that might have on the students, on the teachers, uh, on the you know taxpayers. Mm-hmm. I think um, some of that is the taxpayers. A lot of times people are so busy trying to live their life. And right now with the inflation and things that have gone up in prices, people are just concerned about everything and they don't really have the time to pay attention to what's going on in the school district. They just know that if their taxes go up, well, what happened? Well, you have to pay attention and you have to you know, reach out, you have to learn. Sometimes I think um, they're just busy trying to get their kids off to school, you know, get their job done and function as a family. And it's, that's hard in itself, especially with stresses going on, you know, and then you have the stresses of what's going on in a school and that adds to it. So it just adds a lot. One of the things I wanted to hit on too was you and I kind of read this a little bit at the bottom of the agenda where it has a WRPS pupil 
global non-discrimination statement. I found that kind of interesting. And this is people should be looking at, you know, they should be reviewing the board policies and look and see because this one, the one sentence here kind of got me a little bit. Um, the school district of Wisconsin Rapids is committed to equal education opportunity for all district students. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. The district will not deny any person admission to participation in or the benefits of any curricular, extracurricular, pupil services, recreational or other program or activity because of a person's gender, race, national origin, ancestry, creed, religion, pregnancy, marital or parental status, sexual orientation, gender, transgender status, gender identity or physical, mental, emotional or learning disability or any other characteristic protected under state or federal civil rights laws. Please review board policy 411 for additional information. Incidents of discrimination or harassment should be reported to a teacher, administrator, supervisor, or other district employee to be addressed or forwarded on to district compliance officer. People, parents, please look up board policy 411. You can go to the district website and check that out. And you need to look at board policy 411.11. These are very important. Things are being pushed in the school districts that parents don't even have a clue about. They never said these things on when I was in school. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And certainly not going to pretend I'm, I'm an expert in uh, a gen person's gender identity or the, the transgender issue, you know, what's going on today. All I can say is, uh, you know, as a candidate and I'm out there talking with concerned parents, one of the biggest uh, complaints I get is uh, parents not wanting to see maybe their daughter have to go up against a man in, in a sporting event or, you know, somebody that has an unfair advantage. And, you know, I've seen plenty of videos, I'm sure you have too, Cheryl, where, um, you know, these girls are, are getting injured at these mm -hmm. events because these, these men are playing these sports and uh, they just have such a, a huge advantage over them. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, just being that voice for those parents that uh, want to go back to the Title IX and women's sports, uh, protecting those women's sports. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I'm hearing from these parents, they, they want to protect the, you know, their children. Yep. And I agree totally with that. Uh, like I said, I think I talked to you before we started and said that I was around when Title IX started. It was very big and it really made a big difference in women's sports. And we were thrilled to death where you had uniforms that were paid for by the district. You didn't have to go out and buy it yourself. You had other opportunities and it did help. And th then it started where you had, you know, women being able to go to college on scholarships, things like that. And now that's being taken away by men that say they're women. And I'm sorry. It's very sad. It's a, it's something that most of us can't understand, especially maybe, maybe in my generation. I don't have anything against anybody. I really don't. And I do feel very, very, very badly for people that have that. Gender dysphoria is very, very small, minute part of what is going on in the world. All this social media and all these things. And, and kids kind of go in fads. I mean, the fad when I was in school was go-go boots and miniskirts. You yeah. know, thank goodness that's what it was. Yeah. And I don't want to put it out there that uh, no people, uh, transgender or gender uh, identity aspects, if, if someone uh, wants to do be yeah. whoever they want to be, I'm not here to debate that or uh, even talk about that right now. What I want to see, though, is that we're protecting our women's sports like like we should be. And, and right now, I, I, you know, there's just enough in instances where you know that's not the case. Correct. And I agree with you. Social media has a lot to do with some of this stuff. You know, I do think it is something that we need to talk about because there are, it is a lot of talk out there. You know, when I run into people, they do mention it. And it's one of those things where, yeah, well, I want somebody on the on the board that's going to make sure our kids are protected. And that's every kid, every 
kit. So and that goes back to your original statement. Uh, People are busy. They have their daily lives. It's hard to get kids off to school. Uh, Trust me, I I live it every day. (laughs) But uh, you know, certainly part of it is you know being informed and you know your responsibility. But when you when we're so busy, if you're single parent, obviously your time's limited. You two parent system, and you're both working. It's still your time's limited. And so that's the importance of certainly getting someone on the school board that you know you can trust and that's going to advocate for for you. Absolutely. Well, I think some of the things that's happened over the years is used to you could elect someone and you could trust them to do what they are supposed to do. But now it seems like it's changed somewhat in agendas, people's only uh, personal agendas or people get on there for the wrong reasons and they they lead it one way or the other. And, you know, running for school board is a nonpartisan position. You should not be a partisan person on a school board. It shouldn't be led like that. Well, I think that's a great segue, Cheryl, to my next topic that I wanted to bring up is uh, you know, what's your motivation or what what are you doing on the school board or doing what you say you're going to do? So at that same school board meeting on February 12th, I was at, there was another uh, item that came up for uh, possible approval, which just did get approved as well. Um, but there was an agreement proposed by Vista Sands Solar LLC to provide a non-binding pledge uh, to provide an annual gift to the district for a 20-year period. Let me break this down a little first. So the uh, Vista Sand Solar is putting in a uh, solar field project, one of the largest in certainly the area, if not the state. I know it's going to be a massive facility. So they're going to put that out. It's in the town of Grant. All private land, It's they're looking at. Uh, so if, I guess that's fine. No, no, property owners want to do that. That's up to them. I think people first need to understand all these solar projects that are going in are getting uh, subsidies from the federal government for these installations and for these projects. You know, that's the, the starting point of it. Where, where's the money coming from? Well, they are getting funds from the federal government for this. So Vista Sands Solar is... They're certainly not a local company. They're not necessarily invested in the community as far as I can see. You know, and I guess what what concerns me is, you know, they want to provide the school district all whatever funds are going to be available. Again, it's non-binding. It's going to be based on energy production and how much how much they're making. At that school board meeting, aside from one of the members, again, no discussion on the topic. I felt there should have been a representative from the company, from Vista Sands at the meeting to be able to question, to ask more about the project and ask more about this agreement, be able to just ask, you know, why? And I mean, that's great. Somebody wants to be able to fund fund the school and, and provide them money. I, you know, that could be very honorable, but we can't assume that. We, we certainly need to talk to somebody there. What's what's the motivation there? I don't like the fact that they didn't have somebody there as a representative right. um, answering questions and there should have been discussion for sure. Okay. And how much, how much money and what's it? Okay, so they're saying non-binding pledge right now to provide an annual gift. When is that going to start? It doesn't even say that. Right. I mean, it doesn't so, say, you know, it doesn't have anything tied to it. That's not very clear. And yeah, that would have been something I would have been questioning too. So I'm glad you're bringing that up. It really puts the school district in a, uh, precarious position because they're going to be getting this, this money. Now the Vista Sands, according to my knowledge of the agreement, there is at least a, the ability for Vista Sands to be able to review where the money's going. You know, we all know how the world works, Cheryl. How long before, you know, again, we fall, connect the dots. Money's mm-hmm. come from federal government to Vista Sands to the school district. Mm-hmm. How long before, you know, people change positions. We talked about that. People move mm-hmm. on and somebody's going to come along and say, well, no, I want this money being used for X right. or you're not going to get this money until you vote for this. Mm-hmm. So going back to your original point of people getting 
getting on the school board and not doing what they say. This right here is a concern for me of that, that mm. we have our integrity of our school board uh, in place so that we're, we're, they're making the decisions not based on where the money's coming in. Correct. And, you know, what frustrates me, not only for that, again, there was very little discussion at the school board meeting about this. Again, that same one member voted no and did, uh, you know, have some pushback on it, uh, but everybody else, uh, you know, voted yes and, and had nothing to say about it. So I just felt there should, you know, I was, I was jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah. Sure. How could you not have any more conversation on this? Uh, I was just flabbergasted. Well, sometimes those things slip by and people don't realize that there can be things tied to it and eventually think, I mean, this is something I'm going to say and I, I don't like saying it, but what I have witnessed here is the fact that um, there's a lot of rubber stamping that goes on. I don't understand that. And I don't understand the fact that there's not discussion. I mean, there's just like a motion a second and it passes. It's like, you know, this is entailing money. We should be discussing this. What is the tie? And you can say non-binding that's right here, but is there a policy now that's going to say that? Is there, you know, that you can use this any way you want for the next 20 years? I doubt that very much. There will be something tied to it. And it could be the next thing, you know, increase some green energy teaching in some classes from kindergarten to third. And I want to just be on record too, Cheryl, and say, I by no means in advocating and saying Vista Sand Solar is is doing anything nefarious or no. under the table or or trying to you know do anything that, that might jeopardize you know our school board or our integrity. We want to have that discussion. We want to make sure a hundred percent that we're doing this for the right reasons and and be able to have that conversation with Vista Sands. As um, a school board member, it is your job to do absolutely. That's why I elect you. So I know for a fact you're going to watch out for my kids, grandkids, whoever's in the school, any child. Plus, you're going to watch out for what is coming around the corner. It's your job. Absolutely. So, yeah, we just we want to be able to have that that discussion with them. We we want to look out for the best interest of, of our district, of our kids. And, and we can't do that if uh, we simply just agree to everything that comes in front of us. Well, I do think that I agree with that 100%. I appreciate you bringing it up because it is something we should hit on. And then how about if we um, segue over to where people can get hold of you, what events are coming up? And I know there's probably some this year, and then we'll reiterate uh, April 2nd. And then how people can get hold of you is really important, Chris. So can get signs. I know you said you had to order some more signs, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. Let me start with uh, where you can get a hold of me. Best way really to get a hold of me, contact me through Facebook. You can go to uh, it's just Chris Inda for school board. And that's I-N-D-A, Chris Inda for school board. Uh, certainly just message me on there. Going on me all the time. So uh, I will certainly respond to you. And that's the best way if you want to get a you know yard sign. I, I should be getting, again, I had to reorder some. I ran out. So good problem to have, right? Absolutely. But, uh, I should be getting those here in about a week. And so if you'd like to get some of those, certainly just reach out to me and I'd be happy to get those uh, to you. You know, when we have, we do have some, uh, you know, events coming up. So actually on March 21st, there will be a meet and greet 21st at the McMillan Library in Wisconsin Rapids. And I will be there from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. So yeah, happy to answer any, any of your questions, meet you, talk about, you know, what's going on in the school board. Certainly going to be out and about just uh, doing a lot of door knocking. So you you might might see me, you know, come to your door as well. So, uh, you know, getting my information out there. I will also be uh, attending uh, the fundraiser coming up at the Ridges Golf Course uh, this Saturday that I, I'm going to make a, an appearance at, uh, you know, be able to hand out some materials uh, if you're going to be there as well. All right. That's a, a fundraiser at um, Ridges. What time uh, yeah. is that? Oh, 1030 it'll start. Oh. And I think it runs, I think it runs till the afternoon at some point. There's a... Um, 
open networking, if you will, from 1030 to like noon. So then the League of Women Voters is on March 21st and it's at seven and set to eight for school board members, I think, yes. at the library, McMillan Library, which is good. And then voting is April 2nd, Tuesday. Don't forget that. And if you need your absentee ballot or anything, because you're not going to be around, make sure you get it at myvote.wi.gov.gov. Questions, you can contact me or you can contact Chris. I hope that you do. And I certainly hope that you will cast your ballot for Chris Inda for school board. Chris needs to be on there. I do think he has a good plan and good ideas on and thought process, uh, critical thinking, which is very important. So thank you very much for uh, coming on today, Chris. Yep, I appreciate it very much. And thank you so much for listening to The Sheryl and Shirley Show. You can find us on all kinds of platforms, Podbean, as well as Spotify and all of them, pretty much Apple. I, there's tons of them out there. Um, you can look us up. And then I, also it goes to my LinkedIn and goes on the Facebook page. So sure, I could just close with a couple of final thoughts here. Absolutely. Please yeah. do. You had mentioned earlier, and I talked about my kids a couple of times here. Right now, the current school board, all the members uh, do not have any, none of them have kids in school. I would it be the only person on the board actually having children in the school district. And so being just having that perspective, that, that experience, that knowledge of what our kids are currently going through, be able to advocate for all those, those parents as well, understanding, you know, just our daily struggles and, and what's going on. The last point I want to make is simply, this is actually my third year running. And, and I'm not ashamed to say that in the three years I've run now, I've seen several people run for the, these positions for one year, maybe two years, and then they, they've walked away for various reasons. I'm certainly committed to this. I'm I'm continuing it. I'm running again. I want to make a difference. I know there's change that can be done. And I know we can make some positive impacts here. And I'm not quitting you know, on our kids. I, I'm committed. I'm in this again, and I'm going to continue to be in this uh, so that we can make, make that change that we want to see. I can say... Um wholeheartedly that I have known Chris for quite a while now. He is in it for the long run. He's done a good job. He still can, goes to the school board meetings. He keeps me informed and I appreciate that greatly. I do believe that when you cast your vote for Chris and uh, you are going to be casting a vote for someone who is very committed and will ask the questions and will start discussion. And I do think by changing superintendents at this time, it's probably going to be a really good thing, a good experience for someone like Chris to be on the school board. Please make sure that you go out and vote on April 2nd or before early voting starts and I don't know the date, but you can check it out. Thank you so much, Chris, for pointing that out because I forgot about that and you being the only parent, which I think is fantastic. You know, you have people on the school board who retired from the school district and you have people that have been on there 20 years or more. There's only a couple people who haven't been on there that long and that blows my mind and they're still running. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Give somebody, give some new people some chances and that's par part of our yeah. problem in the political process anyway. Like I said, it's a nonpartisan position. Support somebody who lives in the community, who is very active and who is looking to get on the school board for the right reasons and that's what's important. Thank you again, Chris, and uh, I will um, get a thank chance you. to talk to you real soon, okay? You take care and thank you for listening to the Sherlyn Shirley Show and thank you for joining us today. Yeah.